0: Okay, so Instagram, we all love it and hate it, right? I mean, it's a beast. In this episode, you get all the best strategies, my friend, like what you should post, how often and how to come up with a plan that works for you. And no, you don't have to post every single day to see success on Instagram. I'm talking to Jessica Cross, corporate marketing dropout turned yoga business coach and the host of the Marketing of the Mad podcast. Jessica started working as a yoga teacher in 2016 and since then she's moved to teaching and coaching other yoga teachers how to stop the constant hustle and build the business of their dreams. So, as you can see, what we both do is very aligned and I loved exchanging ideas and strategies with Jessica. We had a blast and I hope you'll enjoy our conversation as much as I did. So let's dive in. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the Blissful Bliss podcast. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so glad to
1: be here, Suzanne.
0: Thank you so much. So, um, Tell us a little bit more about um, what you do, who you are.
1: All the things, yeah. (laughs) All the good things, all the good things, yes. (laughs) Yeah, so so my name is Jessica Cross. I'm a yoga business coach, a yoga teacher, a sound healer, and an Instagram nerd. I I love all things marketing. Uh, I come from a 15-year stint in corporate marketing and events where I did uh, everything from very small, intimate uh, marketing engagement, VIP events, to 30,000 uh, expos. And it's um, it's been an interesting journey. And, and throughout that, I found yoga. I needed that stress relief so much from that really demanding corporate environment. And I'm so glad that I had that experience because I'm not sure if I would have found yoga otherwise. And I knew I was going to teach. And you know, several years after I found myself on the mat, I found myself a teacher training and I did the side hustle thing for several years, and now I'm finally full time in my own business. Uh, you know, shout out to all the small businesses out there because it's not easy. And but I'm so glad I'm doing it because I wouldn't want to spend my time any other way. So.
0: I love it. Oh my God. I, mean, I didn't know that you also do sound healing and is this a gong I see in your background? So I guess yes. you, know, like you guys are not going to see it, but it looks, it
1: looks huge. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and I wish I wish we could share, um, but I'll, I'll tell I'll tell the viewers or the listeners at home since you can't view, but I do have a, an array of gongs behind me uh, <laughs> and a, a very large singing bowl collection. Uh, with, and I also play the harmonium and chimes and all those, those lovely things. So are a big part of my practice as
0: I well. I love that. Yeah. So you do you use it in your own practice?
1: Yes, in my you. own practice. Ah. And I, I do share it as well.
0: Yeah. Do you still teach yoga and sound healing or do you focus on the business side now?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm both actually. So oh. I, I do I do have a couple of weekly classes that I, I'm still teaching flow and yin uh, every week in person. And then I do sound events several a month. I actually have a pretty full slate this week. <laughs> As we're starting to wind down and think about uh, the new year and the solstice and all those lovely things, so um, yeah, I'm I'm still teaching and I love it. Uh, Yeah, I love it too. I miss it.
0: I stopped teaching. I think it was also because I was traveling so much, and then I was in Bali for half the year, back in Germany for half the year. So it was like kind of difficult to. And I think it was also a confidence issue. If I'm, when I'm really, really honest here, that I felt. I think I came to a point where I I didn't really give it enough to grow as a yoga teacher. And I just probably felt so much more comfortable talking about marketing. Also so much more excited about that. Like when I woke up in the morning, I was like, I wanted to work on my website and on my business stuff and on my blog and not on preparing classes or learning about anatomy. So for me, it was actually, it was a pretty natural decision not to teach. For now, yeah. Yeah, for now,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah, and but then you get lazy, and you—I kind of—I have to admit—I neglected my own practice as well. (laughs) So, yeah, it's like—it's
1: so true, and I think that's one of the hardest things that I've learned is in teaching is. How important, one, your own practice is and how hard, number two, (laughs) your practice is to maintain. And I struggle with it too. And I go through seasons where it's much easier. And I'm I'm in a season where it's a lot harder to stick to, but I'm I'm doing what works for me right now. And that might not look like a 60-minute flow asana practice, but I'm taking in little pieces and parts so I can share with my Mm -hmm. students. But, and like I said, I love what you said. It's like, maybe you're not teaching right now, but you can always come back to it.
0: Yeah, that's true. And um, do you also feel like, uh, especially with the pandemic, everybody gets so tired and it's really difficult to motivate yourself?
1: <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, you know, I think we're all like, as a collective, just yes. tired. I, I, you know, we've been through an an exorbitant amount of stress and change and, uh, you know, just, to the because very it's foundation said and even because even if you know
0: it we would feel so much better if we would do more and i hear that from everywhere all the time like zoom classes really anyone is showing up or a lot less people are showing up than they used to but yeah i think it's just a general oral thing hopefully next spring it's going to get better we can only hope I-
1: New I awakening. So, Me too. I, I'm right there with you. And I think the folks that are listening, if you're teaching or you're a practitioner, if you're tired, take a break, y'all. Like, it's okay to take a break and yeah. then come back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's I think great. it's also a great idea. Yeah. Just like try, think about things you can do to motivate your students, like offer them different experience, like some healing or add that to your class or, you know, like something special that gets them back on the mat so they can feel better.
1: Yes. And I think anything for stress relief, rest, rejuvenation, people are so hungry for. So if you're listening, you're like, I don't know what to put out there. How about a restorative class? <laughs> like, please, I'll come. Oh, yes. <laughs> do you do restorative classes with sounds? I will join. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I have before, but if anyone's doing that soon, let me know so I can join. I need it myself. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> um, so i love it that we do so similar things and our background is actually pretty similar too um, what do you offer right now to yoga teachers so what is it that you how do you help them
1: yeah, so thank, thanks for asking. I help yoga teachers understand exactly what it is that they want to bring into this world outside of the studio environment. So I think, when at least when I went through my teacher training and maybe like what's out culturally and in the media, we see the studio teaching environment is kind of the be all end all. And as I personally learned throughout my teaching journey, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a great thing. I love teaching in the studio, but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for the teacher long-term. And it's really not fair to the students because if you want to teach full-time, you're looking at 20 classes a week. And you think about the time before your class, the time after, think about your prep, your playlist, your marketing, if you're on Instagram or whatever it is that you're doing. That's a lot. So I really want to empower the new and experienced teachers to find their way to know that they can make a living offering things out on their own. they don't need to teach 20 classes in a studio to pay their bills. And I want to help teachers understand that it's okay to make money as a teacher. It I is love okay. It. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's such a big issue
0: still, isn't it? Like this mindset belief or limiting belief that, and I, I, I know that from myself too that I told myself, it's not important how much money I earn. I'm not in this for the money. Um, I just want to have a nice life and blah, blah. <laughs> and it's very disempowering to, to talk to yourself like this, I think. So um it's like playing small and staying comfortable and in your little bubble and being afraid to really step out there.
1: Oh, yes, you nailed it. It's this this idea and we think of seva or selfless service that we learn about through the practice of yoga. And that can so be a part of what you do, but it doesn't need to be the only thing that you do. We want you to keep teaching. We need you to teach because. We need these healing practices more than ever. So you got to pay your bills, girl. Or guys, yes. whoever's listening, we need you to pay your bills and get paid enough to do that so you can keep teaching. Yeah. I think I heard
0: um Deepak Chopra once saying in a podcast that he thinks it's great that yoga and wellness and meditation becomes more commercial because he wants to see like only commercials about yoga and meditation and Telling people to do that, and not about like pharmacy, th- pharmaceuticals, or something, right? So that would be a great word. So there's nothing to be afraid of, and um, seeing yes, it's becoming more commercial. Yes, there is money to be made, and yes, maybe some. Of course, it's always like some things maybe a little bit too much, <laughs> like with everything, right? So I'm not like saying everything is okay that's out there. Um, but, um, uh, mostly I think, um, you have to try to see it as a positive thing or see the positive side of it as well.
1: I agree. I mean, there's over 7 billion people on the planet. We all need yoga, <laughs> whatever the practices that we can draw from. Is it the meditative aspect? Is it the physical asana, the breath practices, et cetera? There are not enough teachers out there. And I think you're so right. And I love the quote that you brought or the idea that you brought from Deepak, because the more commercial, the more we can spread the message. And if Lululemon's getting a big piece of the pie, you can have a small sliver of that pie and be doing just fine. So I'm 100% with you on that. Yeah. Or on social media, because that's what we wanted to talk
0: <laughs> a little bit deeper uh, yes. about today. There as well, like the more meditation and yoga content is on there, the better. Who wants all those hate speech and stuff on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, yes, yes I so totally agree. You need more positivity on there. Um, so how do, we, how do we start here? Um, when I know like from a lot of my students, um, they struggle first, maybe they're shy they are afraid to put themselves out there on social media and they don't really know what to post. Mm.
1: It's so common. And it's if you're feeling that today, you're like, I know that I should be visible on social media, but I don't know where to start. Or I'm really nervous about putting my face out there. Just know that you're not alone. And in fact, I have and still feel that way, even though if you were to look at my Instagram account or that I have a podcast or any of those things that it's like, I get it too. Like I feel that way. So you're not alone if you feel that way when it comes to Instagram. But I would just say, start today, create an account if you don't have one already and start familiarizing yourself, maybe even before you start to post and then just share who you are, what it is that you offer. People are going to love to see your face. So if it makes you feel comfortable to have some nice photos taken or, Hey, use a filter. I'm, I'm no shame in my game here. Like you can, you can make yourself feel so much more comfortable if you use those tools out there. So just start and that muscle, the more you build it, just like when i are doing any type of strength building, it gets easier. The more you try.
0: That's been my experience too. Like going live, I really love Instagram stories. Just like one minute. I love the filters. I know. I don't really agree with them. If you're a teenager girl, don't use them.
1: Agreed. (laughs) Right? But (laughs) when you're in your 50s like I am, it's totally okay. (laughs) Do it. Whatever makes you feel comfortable, right? Like if a filter is going to stop you from going live or if you're like you use one that makes you feel a little bit more comfortable, why not? Why not?
0: Yeah, we're so easy there to judge, especially woman. Like she's always so made up. I don't like that she looks fake. If she feels comfort, more comfortable going live, putting herself out there. That's totally great. She's doing it right. Yeah. If you are just like judging it and not posting or going live, you're not doing anything <laughs> to help exactly. anyone. Exactly. Um, yeah. Totally so great. I love that. So Instagram stories, I think, is also really great. Um, way to start I think we've seen a lot of changes on Instagram in the last years and um, I remember when I started learning about Instagram like marketing yourself on Instagram and also like when I like but the, I did a few trainings on Instagram and it was all about creating a beautiful feed and having like this color scheme and like the same preset or something on all your images and um so I see more and more really um, successful people breaking out of that. What's been your experience?
1: Oh, this is such a good question. Um, I, I I know exactly what you're talking about too. You look at the grid of someone's post and it's just so perfectly planned and curated and, and very well thought out. And by, by the way, if that's you, bravo, I feel like if that's your jam, like go with it uh, for the for the people like me, <laughs> it's not my jam. Um, I think that it's... So the looks your are,
0: Instagram. I don't believe you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm about to get in trouble, y'all, if you're listening. <laughs> but yeah, like, I think like, I, if you have, first of all, I want you posting. I just want you posting. And I don't want you worrying about any of that other stuff. And then the to your question, like, if the people that are breaking out of that mold are the ones that are attracting their like their type of client or their type of student. They're actually showing that there's a real human behind that phone, behind the Instagram account. And people like real humans. Yes, <laughs> even with yes. filters. So <laughs> I think it's the
0: authenticity we are all craving and it got too much with this perfectly curated lifestyles that we've seen. And it's such a huge opportunity, especially like when you're a yoga teacher and you're always standing in front of the classroom and people kind of see you on this pedestal, like you have the perfect life, you have the perfect person and look at your body and all that. And, um, And then you have the opportunity to really show a more vulnerable side of you. And that's what builds connection? Mm.
1: Yes, it absolutely does. The the more, and this is by the way, this is not to air all of your laundry, but like the more that you can share about yourself, maybe your personal practice, your yoga journey, um, you know, the fact that you know you're you're not a like a perfect being floating on a lotus <laughs> every yeah. single day. Like you're a real life person with job and bills and laundry then you know people people gravitate to it because it makes them realize that they're not alone and that's why those all these behind
0: products. the scenes glimpses right we yes. all love that i think that's why stories get so
1: big yes all yeah, the celebrities
0: absolutely. like sharing in there like things that you've never seen before of yeah. their daily life and it's just um, simple stuff yeah. yeah yeah and then it's gone poof <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. In the, in the case of celebrities, obviously not. Somebody's always screen grabbing it, probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So true. But I, I'm not a
0: celebrity. <laughs> I don't think we have to worry about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, to get back to my question, so how what should you post, and how often should you post? Where do you start when you want really want to grow your followers?
1: Yeah, I would say kind of check in as as far as like the frequency. Um, for how often you want to post, check in with yourself. What feels attainable right now? So let's just say you have a brand new account. You're not really posting. You're just kind of taking in information. Could you challenge yourself to post once a week? See how that goes. If you can stick to that, okay, how about three times a week? And then maybe add in a little stories. See if you can keep up some some momentum there. I, I think that if you're already posting and maybe it's not super consistently people want to start start to know when you're going to be on that platform so kind of when they're like when am i going to hear from you jessica so if you're already you already have an account you're kind of posting sometimes see if you can create a little bit a little bit of consistency by posting on the same days oh my god uh, it's tough <laughs> yeah, it is it's so <laughs> tough yeah all of this is <laughs> a grain of salt life happens, let it go. It's fine. But if you're looking to attain something like I want to grow a little bit, start posting. Look at your insights, of course, but just as an example, start posting Monday, Wednesday, and Friday Yeah, and build from there. I think
0: most people wouldn't care, but I talked to one girl here in the podcast and she said she's always looking. There's one tarot card reader who posts every Tuesday. And she's like, everybody is just waiting for what she's sharing is like a specific topic, obviously. And it's like always um, timely related to what's happening, right? So she's, I don't know what exactly she's doing, actually. I think it was Tarot, like picking a card and like relating it to that week or something. I don't know. Um, But yeah, in that case, it definitely makes sense to have that consistency. And she really built a huge following um, of people, who are really waiting for that and who love that post and the content she shares. But um, like when I share, I don't
1: know, like a quote or something, I don't think people would be waiting for that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's so true. But they may be like, well, I know Suzanne's going to post on Fridays, so I'll be looking for her post. So it could be, it could be anything that you're posting and they just know they get to hear from you on that day. How many stories do you normally share? Do you share, share stories every day? Oh. I do. I, I, I enjoy stories, so it's it's a little easier for me. Um, and, you know, I would say stories. If you can post anywhere between you know five and six a day, I think you're doing great. And spread those out throughout. You know, maybe a twelve hour span. You can see a little bit of your morning, a little bit of your afternoon, and your evening. And then also, to a great place to share either your posts or other people's posts that you resonate with is in stories. And I also love, I'm I'm a big emoji and engagement nerd. So I love to play all the cool tools that are in stories. So these are great places to ask questions. This could just be as simple as like what, How do you take your coffee? Or um, would you like to see a restorative sound healing class or a a spicy 108 sun salutations class? Um, It's a great place to to pull. Um, You know, you can you can really make your stories into what you what you want. And people, the nice thing about it is the more you post, the more frequently you're at the top of the feed and those little circles, so people will see you um, throughout the day.
0: Yeah, I love that. For me, I, I found it so much easier to share stories consistently when I was like on my last camper van trip, <laughs> because obviously I had a, new, a ton of new content to share. And now that I'm in my office, in my apartment, in Grey Hamburg, it's even too dark to take pictures outside. So I'm like, oh my God, what should I post? <laughs>
1: yeah and, and I think that's that's totally normal you might have you know if you're listening you you have might have seasons where you have more things to share because you're you know going on a camper van trip or uh, you know, maybe you're you know leading a teacher training or just something that's you know a little bit more content heavy. And you might be a little bit more into stories that day versus, you know, if it's a rainy gray day, like it kind of is here, even though the sun was out just a minute ago, <laughs> there's just less to share. So then that's okay. That's totally fine. You can let your stories kind of wax and wane. Don't force it if it's not there.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm not going to become a slave of social media companies. So <laughs> I'm going to do my <laughs> own things and follow my my own schedule. So yeah, I I think it's yeah, it's it's a terrible business model that they punish you when you're not consistently posting, and then they the algorithm doesn't show your content anymore. I'm just like, I think that's so wrong, yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is. And of course, we should never forget we're using a free tool here to um, market our pro- services to our audience. So yeah, we just have to live with it. But.
1: It's a, have, it's a balance.
0: It's a balance. Yeah.
1: I'm so grateful that we have social media. What did we do before that? <laughs> that's so true. Like, <laughs> right? how 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 did we how did we tell people about what we do and how did we reach people yeah. in this way before? You could do an, an ad in yoga journal or a yeah, flyer
0: perfect. that you left in some <laughs> briefcases. Yeah, that's it. it. That's definitely not
1: free. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Um so, um, you talked about, um, using stories to build engagement. What else do you use? So do you, um, send like, do you get in touch with people who follow you? Do you do social
1: selling? So let's dive a little bit into that. Yeah. That, those are, those are great questions. You know, I love to share my post in my stories an hour or so after and ask a question. Um, it could be specific to what the post content was. And I always ask a call to action or a question in my, My post. So sometimes I'll just pull that over into stories. Um, Other times you can use the reaction slider, where it's like people love to just slide the little smiley emoji from left to right. Or you can ask polls. So I I love to ask uh, questions in polls because it's very easy for people to click A or B or yes or no or whatever it is that you're asking. Um, But it's a great way to get some awesome feedback. If let's say you get an idea for a class or a workshop that you want to offer, and you're like, okay. Does it... As a previous example, is it restorative and sound or 108 sun salutations? And then you could also ask the date: uh, should it be this day or this? And you, so you can kind of get people's reactions right there, live, without having to send out a form or talk to anybody about, hey, could you fill out my survey? Like, it's a really great on-the-fly way to to gather information from people. <laughs> I and love then it, those ideas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's I, I love. I think those are fun too. And you can change the on the poll. You can change the box to say whatever you. You want yes or no, or heck yes, or no way, however makes sense for you. And do you prepare those in advance or do you just create it on the fly? <laughs> most of my stuff is stories, at least is, is on the fly. I do have some more if it, you know, from ramping up to a launch or something like that. I'll take some time to make out some templates in Canva. Um, big shout out to Canva. This is not sponsored by Canva, but... Uh, I love Canva. I use too. it as like the most amazing tool. It's been founded by a woman. Really? Yes, I did not know that. That is that's incredible. It's it's such an amazing tool, and it just gets better all the time. I know, I like, yeah, it's so awesome. But yeah, you can if you if that's your if that's your jam, you feel like, hey, I'm going to have a really busy day. Maybe I'm just going to go ahead. I know I want to ask these questions or share this specific thing. You could have your stories prepped and saved to your cam your camera, and then just upload them when you're ready. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, that makes me like want
0: to um, post a few stories right away. <laughs> I, I really, really, I, I rarely use all those engagement tools. I forget about them. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah. yeah. In Germany, we're still waiting for the copy tool that you don't have to write captions. We still have to. Oh, I don't know why they're not rolling out here. I think it's probably because uh, translation issues.
1: Oh, okay that makes sense oh, oh is, my goodness yeah, i didn't yeah. realize that was still in a rollout phase okay we
0: have links now too at least so that's like Yay. a lifesaver that's amazing right yes so it's, it's links like, for links.
1: everybody and speaking of if you're you're like what what are they talking about <laughs> <So> <laughs> lit- links are where it, it was rolled out i believe um at least the rollout started a couple of months ago in late 2021 where it used to be that if you had ten thousand or more followers Uh, Then you could use the swipe up feature in your stories, which which would take people to a direct link um, on your website or to your workshop or whatever it is you wanted to point people to. Now, everybody has links. It's a sticker. And you just put the uh, you hit the link sticker. You put the website uh, URL in and then you can customize the text on links. So everybody can use this. Um, Don't abuse it, but definitely use it because it's an amazing tool that we now have. Everybody has. It's so great. It's, but
0: only the stories. It's so weird. Why didn't they add it to the to the posts as well? It's like it's, yeah, that's yeah. There's so many weird. questions yeah. I have for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just have to live with that. So and do you
1: use DMs as well? Do you use um messaging? Yeah, I I love DMs because the uh, you can just really go much richer and deeper in into a conversation, um, especially if someone's commented on my post and I I want to know a little bit more about that. I'll usually ask a question back in response. But you know, it's a great opportunity to get to know your clients, get to know your potential students, or your customers a little bit better. It's a great place to ask questions. Another thing that I love to use in DMs are voice notes. Um, so you can hold down the microphone uh, and you get a minute of a, a basically... A voice note that you can record. And I always forget it's a minute and I hold down too long and then it's ended. (laughs) So that's another thing. That's for another podcast. But um, (laughs) this is a great way for, you know, obviously in in a permissive setting, you don't want to just be shooting off a bunch of voice notes to people, but it's a great way. Maybe you're busy or you need to be hands free for a moment, or it's just something that's easier to talk through um, a concept or an idea. I love to use voice notes and people actually get to, again, see that you're you know, an authentic person behind your handle.
0: Yeah, uh, I use it too um, for um, social selling when people ask questions or I want to share like a, like talk about a specific point and it's just like, it would be much, take much longer to write everything down and it just adds a very personal note. Yes. Yeah. So still, so much I, personal. I think it's just, annoying though if people only use voice messages because like i don't want to listen to all of this <laughs> yes like, voice, message, voice message voice message it's like oh my god it's like 10
1: voice messages no <laughs> yeah start with one <laughs> start <laughs> no with one. don't do that yes <laughs> I actually was talking to someone in the dms who, who reached out to me and she said do you mind if I send you a voice note and I thought that that was so nice and permissive so you know if you feel like you just want to ask before you send you could always say something like do you mind if I send you a voice note in response and most everybody's always like yes but if you're like yeah don't but don't you think do that was like and then you would have to wait for their
0: feedback and then you probably wouldn't even remember what you wanted to share in your voicemail.
1: <laughs> so true.
0: So I, I like the idea in theory, but it doesn't sound very
1: practical yeah. in the moment. <laughs> so true, so true. <laughs> maybe she has a script for her voicemail. It could be, it could be. And that's something else too. If you're feeling like, oh, that sounds really scary to talk to somebody on the fly. You could always write out a couple of bullets of things that you would want to cover. And if they respond later, you don't forget. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: um, how do you think Instagram, social media can help a yoga teacher build their business? So what do you... I always say it's not like the main part, like get growing your followers alone is not a strategy. (laughs) Mm. But I'm interested to hear your take, what do you tell your students?
1: Uh, Yes. So in order for people to want to buy from us, they need to know us, like us, and trust us. So Instagram can be part of that strategy for you to build your like, know, and trust factor. As far as it being your only thing or maybe focusing on the number of followers you have, that's not what I recommend. I think people should look at that follower number as something that's like that's a nice to have if you have a great big audience, but even folks that have huge numbers of followings, don't necessarily translate that into a transaction or a new student. Um, I was reading, and I wish I would remember exactly where this came from as I'm speaking it and being recorded on a podcast. But I was reading uh, about an influencer recently who had, I think, over 100,000 followers. And she rolled out her own makeup line outside of our industry, of course. And she netted zero sales. Oh, my God. Zero. <laughs> So it's not all about the number of followers. It's the depth with which you go with the number of followers you have. So if you have 70 followers and they're all engaged or you have 7,000 followers and they're all engaged, you're doing just as well. Um, If you can serve 7,000 people too in a completely engaged environment, hats off to you because I can't do that. (laughs) So let's build like a small engaged community of people that know you and that you know them. That's the goal here. Yeah, it's
0: definitely quality over quantity. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of yoga teachers experienced that when they started using Instagram and posted like really beautiful pictures of themselves in yoga poses. And a lot of their followers, they're only interested in that. And not necessarily in practicing with them or investing in any other um offers to work with her. Um, So, which brings me to um, what I think is important to be strategic about what content you share, that it's not only tutorials or how-tos or yoga videos or, you know, that's important because, yeah, that's how you establish yourself as an expert. But um, as we talked, as we said before, um, people want to get to know you, and they do that when you share some stories, some insights, some behind-the-scenes, some vulnerabilities. So I think it's really, really important to mix that up. And I call it like – I actually came up with the name 3E um, Content Models. So it's like having um, educational, emotional, and engaging content. Mm.
1: Yes. I love that. I love the three E's. I'm going to keep that in mind. That's a, that's an excellent way to, to uh, articulate how you want to craft your feed. You know, I, I always say to, when I see these beautiful yoga photos with somebody in this incredible like backbend. And it's like, it's just, so it's a beautiful lush landscape. I'm like, that is so nice, but what can I learn from this? And it's, it's usually just like, you know, follow X account for more photos or whatever it is yeah, it's like, okay yeah what, what do you want what do you want me to learn from from this is it how to get into this pose is it how to modify this pose is it why I shouldn't do this pose or why I should it's it's there's just so much more if you're going to if you want that to be a part of your strategy because it might help you gain more followers more visibility And people, you know, who might actually want to eventually buy from you, it's kind of the top of your funnel for the lack of a better term. But it's like you said, it's, we got to have that emotional, that engagement that brings them back in and actually understands who you are and wants to buy from you. Because even though there's this weird thing about money and yoga, isn't that why we're all here at some, like down, down to it. It's like we're, we need to make money.
0: Yeah. It's like an exchange of energy. If you want to say I mean, be, you need money. It's like you need to take care of yourself. You need to grab um, the ozone, what do, you, what do you call it in the plane? <laughs> the mask that falls down first before you oh, have yeah. other people. Oxygen uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. same thing. And, um, and if you run empty because you're exhausting yourself, in the end, you're not going to help anyone. And yeah. that's why we became a yoga teacher. You can became, became a yoga teacher or healer or coach because you want to help people. And yes, yeah, so for that, it's okay to also have abundance in your life.
1: Yes. Uh, yes, it is. I so agree. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so true. So if you're if you're thinking you're like, I have a bunch of really beautiful yoga photos, and that's gonna help me post, maybe start there and then teach me something about. That pose, or teach me about you know in anything, literally <laughs> teach me anything, and then help engage me in, in that pose. That you know, ask me a question, or invite me to ask you a question about the posture, how to get into it. Um, There's just so much more that you could do with that content. Yeah, um,
0: it can't only be inspiring content. Yeah, that's, I so agree. I think yeah. that's not enough. Yeah,
1: I so agree. Yeah.
0: So, um, real Quick, what are your five? Favorite tips to give
1: someone for Instagram. Ooh, okay. Um, if start today, <laughs> number one. So if you if you haven't started, or if you're currently you're currently on the gram, you're not really sure what to do. Just let's get started. Let's start building that muscle, that momentum. Let's start making yourself a little bit, even a teeny, teeny bit more comfortable being visible on that platform. So number one, um, you know, number two, figure out what feels good for you from a posting strategy standpoint. Is it once a week? Is it three times a week and some stories? Is it once a week and some stories? Just pick something and start. And then from there, once you've kind of built the strength figure out what your content pillars are. We didn't get, get into that so much, but content pillars are basically three to five things that you like to talk about and that makes sense for your business. So if I'm a yoga teacher um, who focuses on prenatal yoga, I might talk about um, you know, modifications for prenatal, pre-natal classes. Um, I might talk about resources for prenatal yoga. I might talk about um, you know, you can figure out the five, three to five different things that you could fit under your umbrella of content. And those are the things from which you share. So that's, I feel like that's a bigger subject. But if you have questions about that, you can always DM me on Instagram about content pillars. Uh, another strategy I would think is, you know, figure out your voice as you're starting to build this muscle. You're starting with your content pillars, figure out and be open to trying some things, seeing things work, and then also seeing things fail and being okay with it because failure is not fatal. It's redirection. So let's say you post something and it absolutely bombs. You get no likes, zero likes, and you're like, ah, never posting again. I hate this platform. <laughs> Instead, you know, figure out, okay, was it the time of day? Was it the type of content? Was it that the photo wasn't clear or the caption didn't make sense or see what you can objectively draw from that experience so you can take it onto your next post. I can't tell you how many posts I've done where I'm like, oh, okay, that didn't work. Although well, it's not really important to focus only on the likes because uh, like if, if I would do that,
0: I would only post puppy content. <laughs> that gets like tons of likes. If you have a baby or a cat, post about that, but that's not going to help you grow your business unless yeah. you want to become a pet influencer, which I don't Hey, and that,
1: that could, that's definitely for some people. But if, yeah, if you're a yoga teacher, <laughs> maybe, maybe just one or two. Photos of your pets. <laughs> I and I took an Instagram class a few years ago, and one of the things that they said to me was, um, "You have to earn the ability to share your pet." If that makes any sense, it's like start oh, I love with your Yeah, <laughs> start with your foundation. Tell me about who you are. Tell me about your business. Tell me about the yoga that you teach. All those things, and then you can start folding in photos of your kitty or your your puppy I love that. and and in stories and those types of things. Well, I have to say,
0: I use my puppy really in my marketing. She has to earn her puppy food.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. She's like, she has like a position in my company. <laughs> <laughs> and my cat is my CEO. So I have to do whatever she says. <laughs> <laughs> and then and I, I have a the internet anyway.
0: Everybody knows. Yes, that. They, do.
1: they do. Yes, they do. And I have a final tip uh, for my five. So the the final thing I would say is just be flexible and be open to change because the platform is constantly changing, mostly for the better, if I might say, um, as far as, like, the feature standpoint. But as far as, like, who's on the platform, how they're delivering content, um, you know, all, obviously all of the sort of unscrupulous things that comes with Meta as a company, be open to change. So if they're doing something today as the day this podcast is being recorded, it might be completely different by the time it's aired. So be open to change. It's a great... A uh, great way to practice letting go on on, on a few things too. So, this
0: is a great <laughs> end note because I know for myself, I'm becoming one of those people who say, "You know, everything used to be so much better in the good old days on the internet." Why do they do that to me? <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> like an eighty year old woman,
1: I can't. Why this anymore? I can't I learn reels anymore. It's so, it's so true because when you know Instagram, we and even I think when we think of Instagram now, even still, it used to just be the grid, the post like of your, you know, your meal or your puppy or whatever it was. And it has expanded into all these different surfaces, yeah. like videos and reels and stories. It's it's crazy. So that's why I stopped teaching so Instagram and social media. Yeah. It's I did talk about content,
0: because that's like an overall strategy. But yeah. all the specifics and it's like, feels like every, every month, there's like a new thing. Yeah. And I just couldn't keep up.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. And I, I, I totally agree. I give a high five out there to those who are teaching it. Cause you're, you're constantly having to stay on top of things. So, yeah. Right. I have a
0: website course, and that's enough. I have to update that every few months.
1: Yeah, that's a lot <laughs> of
0: <So laughs> You can't do both. <laughs> it's
1: not right. possible. Pick one. <laughs>
0: Pick one. Yeah, exactly. Focus, focus.
1: <laughs> Thanks so
0: much for sharing that, for being on show. I, I loved it. Um, so where can people go to learn more about you?
1: Yeah, well, obviously I'm on Instagram. We've been talking so much about it. I'm at jessicacross.co. Send me a DM if you want to chat. You want to know any more about content pillars. I'd love to chat about it. I'm kind of a nerd uh, in that respect. So I I love to talk about it. I'm also at jessicacross.co on the web. And you can find me over on Apple Podcasts at Marketing Off the Mat. Um, That's my podcast over there. So I'd love to chat with you more. Just such a great name, by the way. For a podcast you. I love it and, and I'll add the links to the show notes
0: of course awesome thank so you so thank much. you so much for being here
1: it's my pleasure thank you